You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. You're playing with that. I want to ask a question. Can you guys hear this? Yes. Yes. Damn it. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I was gonna... <laughs> the imagination boggles. What is that? <laughs> I'm editing right now, uh, trying to put together one of our, our films, and uh, that was my editing program in the, back where, in the background. Uh, okay. But I wondered if it would get picked up, and yeah, crap. All right. No editing while I'm chatting. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network's first crossover special, or Electronic Media Crossover for short, because I don't nice. want to... Uh, yeah, th- thank you. <laughs> the crossover event of the summer. <laughs> I mean, all the all the movies are doing it. We might as well. Uh, In a world where people listen to podcasts, you can come together and listen to three podcasts on the same show. <laughs> I, I'm Randall Sylvie. I uh, organize the Electronic Media Collective, and I produce and co-host Grolix Podcast. Um, I'm joined by, let's see, I'm going to go from the top of the list as it's listed here. Um, I'm joined by Dustin Smothers, for one. How are you doing, Dustin? I'm doing great. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about your show. Well, I am the producer and host of the Pro Wrestling Iowa podcast, which is produced um, starting this week every Thursday. Um, and we discuss everything from WWE to New Japan to local independent promotions here in Iowa, such as 3X Wrestling and Impact Pro Wrestling, and as well as Sammy Callahan's Pro Wrestling Revolver. So if it's out there, we cover it. And um, I'm joined every week by my co-host, Kevin Wilder and by Darnell Mitchell on our post shows following major pay-per-view events. So if you're into wrestling, check us out. All right. And how about you, Jesse? I, but what? <laughs> how soon Jesse, they forget? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Who am I? We're live now. We weren't live like before. <laughs> you can't edit me. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> I I am one of the other two thirds of the Grolix podcast, and I also do a. I didn't turn my phone off. I'm sorry about that. Um, I also do a podcast called Turning Cartwheels Podcast, where I talk about uh, kind of all the other stuff that I do and how to manage it or how I'm trying to. Nice. And how about you, Rob? I'm still in shock. Are we actually listening to three podcasts at the same time? <laughs> Is that even possible physically? We yeah. have broken space-time <laughs> continuum at this moment. Doc Brown must be freaking out. <laughs> My name is Rob, and I am one-third of the movie Madhouse, where we talk about, well, movies and anything that kind of relates to it, which ventures into wrestling and comics and a lot into comics and politics. So we talk about pretty much anything. And then I'm also the host of our spinoff show called The Movie Madhouse Spotlight. And that one is focused solely on independent films and the actors and the actresses and anybody involved in independent film and how they how they maintain it. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm not going to comment too much on, on Jesse's stuff because I, I have before and, uh, that's self-serving, but, uh, both pro wrestling and movie madhouse, pro wrestling, Iowa and movie madhouse. The, you guys, those are fantastic shows. I enjoy them both. Even the pro wrestling one, when I, I don't listen, I don't watch a lot of pro wrestling. So part, part of the time I'm lost, but it's, it's still a good <laughs> Well, see, show. I don't watch wrestling that much anymore either. Like in the past 10 years, I've hardly watched it. But there's been the odd shows. And then this one I know I'm going to love because just the excitement that he had beforehand, <laughs> that kind of stuff can suck you right in. Absolutely. <laughs> That's my goal is to try to suck everyone and leech them into the world of professional wrestling one by one by basically be the Pied Piper of pro wrestling podcasting. Now, I have to introduce you to my friend. He's one of the actor friends that I have. His name's Steve Kassan. Mm-hmm. We had him on our show. Now, our show is about an hour and a half. And we did a 10-minute blurb about his film and what he was doing. And then we did an hour and 20 minutes on wrestling. <laughs> and it was everything from Dusty Rhodes to Macho Man. Like, he is hardcore. Well, here's something we could do. Uh, to get this rolling, why doesn't everyone pick one wrestler and do an impersonation of them live on the air? I'll oh, start dude. I'll start with Hulk Hogan, if you guys are ready. <laughs> we're, we're ready. Yes. <clears throat> Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. When these 24-inch pythons run wild on you, brother, what you gonna do? Nice. (laughs) Very good. Very good. I I felt like I was talking to Hogan there for a second. (laughs) I had to go take care of the uh, a trial that involves something that we can't talk about on the air. But yeah, that was he was here in the flesh. He was he's gone now. (laughs) I was confused. I was confused as to why my name was Gene all of a sudden. Mean gene at that. Right, right. Well, I've been you, called worse than mean. <laughs> you're still one of the few people, then, if you're, if you're mean gene, that have a 900 uh, hotline still that you can get scoops on. So congratulations. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Um, wrestler. Crap. I only know old school, and I don't do them very well. <laughs> uh, I set the bar high. I apologize. Yes. Okay, you can't see me, but I'm putting on these wonky sunglasses right now. Oh, man. very fluorescent. Oh, man. He stole yours, didn't he, Randy? Oh, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. And I got the multicolored cowboy hat and the tassely arms on my jacket where I got the stuff I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. Except brother is macho, or not macho, man. Fuck. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Is there an explicit tag on this? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I've been hanging with Mike, and Mike drops him like crazy, so I started to, and I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my macho man. That was, that was good. <laughs> I just, I, I imagined you breaking the Slim Jim in half and everything. Pieces. I had it ready to go. I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys ran through. I have no idea now. All I can think of is <laughs> Ultimate Warriors, like weird sounds he would do when he'd get super pumped. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. I didn't think of him. <laughs> but I don't remember or what George he would the say. Animal Steel. <laughs> I don't think he remembers what he would say. <laughs> nope. But All see, right, that well, could also well, be George the Animal Steel, too. Oh, yeah, true. I um, like him. I'm, a, I'm up in the rafters. It's super dark up here. <laughs> and, uh, the only thing that's for sure about the stinger is nothing's for sure. It's, it's a show time. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs>
I felt like I was in an old WCW arena. <laughs> it's thunder. There's a vulture in the ring. Everything. It's just like oh, yeah. an acid flashback right now. <laughs> now, if we could do wrestler quotes from like outside of wrestling, we could bust into some They Live stuff. Ooh, oh, yeah. Yeah. there you go. Oh, now you're talking. Now we're talking. Hot Rod Roddy Piper. Yep. But I'm not going to. <laughs> you're, out of, you're out you're out of bubblegum and there's no one near you for uh to get their ass kicked I understand. that's right that's right <laughs> there's a crap ton of jesse ventura stuff you could pull too oh my god oh, yeah, my god. yeah huh? <laughs> some less sensitive than the other <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah okay there What's we go the one line from predator oh my goodness um in predator uh, does he have the line he doesn't have time to bleed. Exactly. You got, yes, it. You got that. it. And what about the, 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 the line about the chewing tobacco? Oh, what is that one? Oh, man. It's been too long since I watched that movie. I wanted to pick it up on Blu-ray, but apparently the transfers are terrible. So I was like, I'll wait till maybe they'll re-release it someday. Yeah, it's a bad reason not to watch Predator, but still. <laughs> How do you guys feel about the new Predator, the one that came out, oh, no, about like four or five years ago? Predators? Yeah. Uh, I'm actually kind of anxious to see that. I saw it. I didn't care for it. It just didn't really do it for me. Oh, you're talking the last one that was out or the one coming out? Oh, the last one that was out. I didn't even oh, know there was a new one coming out. Oh, Maybe. yeah, there's a new one they're working on. Shane Black is in charge. He was one of the people oh. that put together the first one. Nice. And yeah. he said it, it's going to be more horror action yeah that's awesome yeah i'm excited for the new one because of shane black's involvement he yeah, directed like... iron man 3 right shane black yeah that is a good question i just remember him from the lethal weapon series no i believe he i believe he did let me double check but um yeah i'm pretty cool. sure he did i think we're both doing the same thing right now imdb is a beautiful thing yeah <laughs> But, yeah, I want to say, I mean, he's the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang guy, right? Yes, he yes. is. Yeah, yes. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, Lethal Weapon 2. Oh, he was the writer. Oh, well, he was the writer on Lethal Weapon. But, yeah. While you guys are looking that up, I'm going to jump in here. I remember the line. Uh, he tells the other guy to take a take a dip of this, and it'll make him a sexual Tyrannosaurus Rex just <laughs> like me. Oh, oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> How did I forget? Oh, that, that was the other one he had too. He's dug in there deeper than an Alabama tick. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, and of course, uh, Shane Black was in the original Predator. He was Hawkins. Ah. So he's already Is he got in that one? one. Yeah. Holy crap, he was so. Yep. All right, then how do you guys feel about the Alien versus Predator movies? I oh. enjoy those. Really? I, yeah. <laughs> something about the, the kid in me seeing a Xenomorph versus the Predator. It just, it, regardless of script or anything, I just turn my brain off and just sit back and giggle. See, I liked the first one until the end when they did that Predator Alien crossbreed thing. Mm. Do you was, remember that very, very end? Yes. Yeah. That kind of, I guess it's natural because when the alien infects someone, it takes on their characteristics. But it just, it kind of sat with me funny. And then the second one, it, they were on Earth. And it, it could have been handled a lot better, I thought. 
sure. personally. Yeah, I was just disappointed because both both properties are awesome, and it just wasn't a very good movie. And I didn't even bother with the second one. Someday maybe I'll watch it, but I, I was just disappointed with the movie quality in general. It was just the things, the source material is so awesome. Like those franchises are great, and I wish they would have invested more into it. I guess. Now, isn't Bloom Bloom Camp working on a uh, an Aliens? It would be five or Alien Alien four or five. I believe so. Yes. Did you guys like Chappie? I haven't watched it. I like. Chappie. I I haven't either. One of the guys on the show with me, Jason, loved it, mm-hmm. but he's also in love with Chartel Copley too. So mm. that plays into his his likes. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'd like to I just found out the Shane Black it's called The Predator and it's not a reboot it's a sequel. Oh. Oh, where is it where does it fit? Is it like It it's taking place after Predators 1 2 and then Predators. Oh, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I had heard that was his stipulation like he really wanted to do it but he wouldn't sign on for a reboot. He said it had to be an actual sequel. Good man. Yep. I like Now it's just curious who they bring back. Yeah, Arnold is Arnold dead? I can't remember in the movies if Arnold. Was no, still no, he was the only one. Yeah. Okay, say, didn't he get to the chopper? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's get to <laughs> there's the Danny Glover from the second one. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. See those. That could be a real shit show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big. <basically. laughs> oh wow. Well, speaking of sequels, have any of you seen Ghostbusters? Or not sequels, but reboots. Have any of you seen Ghostbusters? No. I have not. not. I did. I went out on Thursday night and saw it. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. It was not as bad as I anticipated. Was it? It was nowhere near the quality of the first one. Um, but, dare I say, it might be better than the second one. Mm. Well, I, I would give it I would give it a shot on a night like I don't know what you guys have where you're from, but like Tuesday nights, it's discounted movie night here. Yeah, I think it's worth going to check out on the big screen because I think that visually there's a lot there at the, in the finale with the ghosts in Times Square. But there's also a heart at the center of the movie that I didn't expect. It's a lot of one liners and things like that, which the first movie obviously wasn't. But I think my the bar was set so low for me that it overachieved um, what I thought it was going to be. Okay, I find that's crucial when you're watching a movie is what your preconceived notion is. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to see, well, what was it, Batman Forever? Well, that fourth one, the monstrosity with Arnold. I went, you know, everybody pumped it and pumped it. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. And I went there and it, I, I hated it. <laughs> but I think because my bar was set so high. Yeah. I hated uh, I, I, Forever is unwatchable and Batman and Robin is unwatchable. I can't even sit through them anymore. Oh, the last two. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Carrey's performance as the Riddler is fine, but the whole movie in general, just uh, and, uh, Harvey Harvey Dent, Two-Face, was, uh, I, I love that actor. His name is totally escaping me right now. Tommy Lee Jones. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I love him, but he's just uh, so too far over the top in that movie. Well, found out he had never read a comic book before he got that movie. I don't think he still has, and he didn't fully understand the character. Uh, that'll do it. That explains a lot. <laughs> it shows. Yeah, but Jim Carrey, oh my God, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, <laughs> How can you hate a movie? <laughs> I he Okay, you know, I guess if you look back at like the uh, 60s Batman series, the Riddler is very over the top, very 
similar to how Jim Carrey puts him off, but uh, Jim Carrey just felt like a mesh between Joker and Jim Carrey. And I was like, we already had Joker. And in this movie, if you look at Two-Face, we've got Joker again, like both, both. And, you know, this is from when I was younger. I wasn't super keen on, like super keyed into the comics, but both villains felt off to me, I thought. See, I think I like Jim Carrey not because he was over the top, and that whole movie was like WTF, mm-hmm. you know. So he did have that. It was all campy when they the minute they popped their ice skates out of the bottom of their shoes. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, we're writing this movie off. So pretty much do what you want. Yeah, that is true. I've never but revisited. Would he? Revisited. I don't think he would fit into a Christian Bale or even. Uh, Ben Affleck. I don't think he would fit into that world at all. Not at all. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I just watched the, the ultimate edition of that Batman Superman. It's not bad. There's still like some the holes. Better. Did you? I, yeah, uh, there's still I, a couple I holes. It a lot. It did. Oh, it did. Like a lot more was explained. And because I found out when I fought it the first time, I hated it. Mm-hmm. And then I read articles and I, I talked to more people and then I watched it a few more times in the theater and I started to like it. But I, I kept thinking, you know, you shouldn't have to research a movie to enjoy it. Yeah. I agree. yeah. And that's what this one does. It does answer a lot. Well, and like I, I hated the first time I saw it, I went and saw it a second time and, and I found more enjoyment out of it the second time. I, I guess I understood Lex's motivations a little bit more. But mm-hmm. I think one of my biggest problems with it was a, a lack of understanding of what Batman had been doing prior to all of this. Had he been retired, was he, you know, you know had he locked everyone up and there was nothing for him to do? Th- those things were never answered for me um, in, a, in a way that I could understand it just in the moment. Um, and I'm hoping that this Ultimate Edition fixes that for me because I think that's a critical thing. Is like, where, where's Batman's character been prior to the Metropolis attack? Well, for, for me, that's one of the aspects of it that I enjoyed most was they don't give you... And the Ultimate version, I don't think... Ultimate Edition doesn't really expand on that too much. They don't give you, like, any information. They give you a little hints, clues. You know, there's the, the Robin costume and all that. But I kind of liked the mystery to the Batman character. Um, obviously they're leaving, you know, I would assume they're going to explore that in future movies, but like Mm -hmm. the, the mansion was all, uh, burned down and dilapidated. Like why? Like all these things. And I kind of liked that it put those out there without feeling the need to explain it specifically. I, I kind of liked that mystery to it. Um, yeah, it was cool because also with the bat cave and stuff, you see him there, but there is no direct relation to whether that cave is under that mansion or if it's somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like you said, that mansion, it just looks horrible. So is he even living there? And, well, and it, I suppose that it is Superman's movie to an extent. So I suppose it does make sense to, to kind of leave Batman as a character that you're not quite sure a lot about. So I, I can appreciate that, that, that stance. Yeah. Even in the original, I like how they did the origin with Batman, just that intro. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't spend a whole movie on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was pretty disappointed in Superman v. Batman in the, or Batman v. Superman, whatever. Batman v. Batman. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Don of Batman. I was pretty disappointed in the theater and the mm-hmm. Ultimate Edition f- fixes a lot of plotline issues. Um, I enjoyed it 
I enjoyed it quite a bit more, but it's still like, if you felt there's issues, I don't know this, the third, second and third act, like just when all the action happens, it's still, that stuff still doesn't feel necessarily justified. So Mm -hmm. I still can't understand why Superman would take off leaving Batman to fight doomsday. You know, Wonder Woman's in there, but he knows Batman's immortal, you know, just, just a guy Mm -hmm. and takes off. So he, he leaves him to fight doomsday. He's a big dick. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll be, I'm picking it up on Tuesday from Best Buy. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I need the steel book edition. Oh, nice. I have, I have man of steel on man of steel book, um, (laughs) as well. So I, uh, I'll be picking that up Tuesday for sure. Mm -hmm. Very nice. I think we don't see a lot of steel books up here. Or maybe I just don't see them. <laughs> I think that's I more the case. <laughs> I see them at Best Buy a lot, and I see them at Walmart uh, quite a lot. Walmart does a bunch of movies on them. Like one day I'll go in there, and they have the big Lebowski and Scarface and all these things. Uh, but I noticed that Best Buy does a lot of Warner Brothers movies in Steelbook. Um, not a lot of like Disney at all. I think some Sony. But my my Marvel Cinematic Universe Blu-rays are all regular cased and so i have man of steel and steelbook so my goal is to have the entire dc extended universe on steelbook so i'm a little ocd about things like that no no i get that no randall because we know dustin's collection what's your what's your love what's your collection Um, so i used to be a movie collector and i think i think the digital i I quote unquote digital age i think it's ruined that a little bit because um we got some new shelving for like movies and stuff the other day. And I was looking through, through all the movies and I was like, I, if I collected movies now, like I used to, I should have a ton of Blu-rays and I don't really, I don't have a ton of Blu-rays. I have a hard drive full of movies, but, uh, but that, I don't know that it kind of bums me out because I do like collecting. I was a collector and I don't, I just don't anymore. Um, so you don't collect anything? I do collect. I do collect um, comics. I don't have a huge comic book collection, but uh, if it's a Batman-related title from the last several years, I sure I've got it back there. Um, so yeah, currently comics is the main thing I'm collecting. That's cool. And Jesse, what's your collection? Uh, everything. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, we've got. Uh, a vast collection of uh, compact discs upstairs that uh, never get used anymore because who listens to music on physical media unless Just you're in CD? What's vinyl. that? Yeah, yeah, right, right. You're like, like the bank, like the banking thing, like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get good interest on it, and uh, <laughs> and we've got uh, we've got our DVD collection uh, on like a shelf that goes around our living room. Nice. Um, it's up high, but you know, it's like it goes around the perimeter of the whole room, uh, and we thought that was really great uh, until you know, like now DVDs kind of going by the wayside too. So they're um, getting there. I'm and then I've got the long boxes that uh, I just oh, need man. to stop filling. So <laughs> comics, CDs, movies, I need to stop collecting things. And oh, and Funko Pops now are dominating my office. Me too, brother. I have about 180. Of those, so I was just going to confess that I have a pop, <clears throat> a pop vinyl addiction. So <laughs> you're a collecting, or sorry, a collection collector. 
Yes. yes. Or Nasty. a hoarder. Some people call it hoarding. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's, that's bad. Collection collector is a much better term. Well, that's what I tell people. Yes. <laughs> Are you guys more picky with what movies you'll buy now because of things like Netflix or Hulu? Like if, I, if I'm sure a movie was – if it was okay and I, I guarantee it's going to be on Netflix, I won't buy it anymore. Oh, no, I'm not like that at all. There's actually a distribution company up here in, in Ontario called Black Fawn, mm-hmm. and their distribution system is through conventions. They, have, they get tables at conventions, and they sell all their movies that way. Mm. And I have, so far, their entire collection. I'll, whenever I see them, I pick up whatever's new. And there's been some hits and some misses, but generally it's good. And I love that aspect of it because it's, it's that DVD in your hand. Mm. I got a good question for you guys. Um, I'll tell you mine. What's the what's the last time you've went out and bought a DVD just blind? You hadn't seen the movie before, but you dropped fourteen bucks on it and got just absolutely loved it and raved about it. Mine was John Wick. I hadn't seen that, and I just bought it because I'd heard a couple of good things, and I it was like the best purchase I'd made that year. Hmm. You liked John Wick? I love John Wick. I, I liked it too. I'm actually. just checking. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. I I didn't expect it to be anything other than what it was, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, again, touching on the expectations thing, but uh, it was just ridiculous, cheesy kind of fun. And see, I think that's what it was for me. Everybody built it up and someone lent it to me. It's like, oh, you have to watch this. You've got to see this. And it was a great action movie. But from what everybody was telling me, it's not what I thought it was. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't have I didn't have a ton of expectations. I just heard it's a good action movie, and that Keanu Reeves uh, was okay in it, and you know bought it. And I absolutely love the scene when the the son is talking to his father, and the he says the line about well, who is this guy, the boogeyman? And he says, no, this is the the guy who goes to kill the boogeyman. I was sold on the movie then because I you can just I, I can usually tell within five or ten minutes if something's serious or campy, and this was borderline campy for me, and I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to the sequel because I want to know more about that hotel. And more things about that that underworld that we only barely touched on in the first one. I'm hoping that maybe oh, yeah. the second one will have more substance. It set up a beautiful backstory. Mm-hmm. Like it's very enveloping. Like you you want to know more. That's mm-hmm. I think that was one of the drawbacks for me is it only touched on things. Mm-hmm. It, it was setting stuff up and then not touching. And it's like, well, dude, it's right there. Tell me more. <laughs> I think one of the movies that I bought just on spec and it was from Black Fawn actually. It's called Silent Retreat. And uh, when I first looked at it, it's like, ooh, because it's about a camp where I don't know if it's juvenile delinquents or, you know, people that get stuck for traffic. This is a camp they go to to get better. And then as soon as it started playing, it's like, okay, everyone here is silent. Nobody talks. Nobody's allowed to talk. Hence the name Silent Retreat. But then you find out that they're quiet for a reason. And then the, the story goes 180 degrees and it really gets interesting. Silent, uh, silent retreat. Silent retreat. Hmm. Yeah, a gentleman named Robert Nolan was one of the main actors in it. I'll have to check that out. And like I said, it surprised me. It was really good. I have not. I when when I was buying movies on the regular, like there there's certain kind of movies that I would just buy at at just on a whim. Um, a lot of like kung fu movies or type horror movies um but for the most part i was kind of selective that's why i don't have a huge movie collection but i've got a lot of like 
special editions of my favorite movies and stuff like that. So there's there wasn't a whole lot of um and particularly now with Netflix, I guess like yeah, I don't do the like random buys. Be like if it's interesting, maybe I'll check it out. If I love it, maybe I'll go buy it, but yeah. I think the most recent one that I did um and it was because I like the uh I like the director, I like the writer. Uh, the Christopher R. Mim movies. Um, his most recent one was Danny Johnson saves the world. And he, uh, he creates these movies that are based on like the, the sci-fi and, uh, like monster movies of the fifties. And, uh, this one was, was, um, well, the synopsis is that young Danny Johnson must use his smarts and adventurous spirit to stop devious pint sized aliens and their unstoppable <laughs> robot from brainwashing the children of earth as a precursor to the worldwide domination. Uh, and it's got it's puppets, it's got dinosaurs, it's got monsters, it's got robots. It's all on the front cover. And I I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't even need to know if this is good. I'm sold. <laughs> that sounds so, wicked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I plunked down the money on that one. What was the name of that one again? Danny, Danny Johnson Saves the World? Danny Johnson Saves the World. And it's kind of an independent... Uh, sure. He's kind of an independent filmmaker. But I, I had... Uh, I had bought into his other movies like uh the monster of phantom lake and they're they're just uh cheesy campy fun and i know what i'm getting when i buy one of his movies so i didn't have to think too hard on that and spider he's got quite the movies yeah whoa late night double feature well and randy uh, actually interviewed him for the podcast and that's how i kind of got to know he existed we talked to him at um one of the one of the local conventions not long ago and yeah he makes there it's uh 50s 50s sci-fi and monster inspired movies um but he's like and they are campy but it's not like like a snide take on it you know or what's the word um he he looks like like, he has like an homage yeah exactly yeah exactly he has respect for it and uh he kind of does it for the love of that type of film and so all of his movies have that that thing going on, and and yeah, from what I've seen, they're pretty awesome. Jesse's definitely the one that's jumped on board and picked a lot of those up and backed. Well, I just noticed he has a film with the same name as a friend of mine. Uh, a buddy of mine did one up here called Late Night Double Feature. Uh-huh. But I think your Christopher fella here beat him by a year because his was released last year. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, I found the uh, I found the trailer for that movie on YouTube, and I'm bookmarking it to watch after we're done here. I oh, love yeah. the box art is amazing for this guy, right? This is awesome. Okay, now I have something I have to look up. <laughs> <laughs> well, in his uh, his Monster Phantom Lake movie uh, just hit the 10 year mark, so to celebrate it, they uh, released a stage play musical version of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's happening, like, if it's not happening now, it's happening really soon. I love that. A friend of mine did the same thing. He had a, a film come out, I think it was five years ago, called My Fair Zombie. And this year, I think it was February or March, they did the live-action stage play of it. Awesome. They need to do that to more films. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Evil Dead, the musical, was uh, was something that's been made, and I still haven't seen it, but I, I bet it's incredible. Oh, my gosh. I saw the shirt, and I thought it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I want to see it pretty bad, though. 
And then some more friends of ours up here, they just did a live stage production of Night of the Living Dead. Oh, nice. The George Romero. But the entire set was painted in grayscale. Oh, awesome. Even the makeup. So it looked like a black and white show on stage. That's clever. I like that. Yeah, really oh, it cool. was so cool. So then out of all these movies that you've seen, and now I, I kind of feel like we're leaving the wrestlers out just a little bit. So <laughs> what is your favorite movie with a wrestler in it? Hmm. Favorite movie with a wrestler? Secret of the Use, Ninja Turtles 2. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that one counts. Yep. <laughs> He's a super shredder. That's right. Kevin Nash is in that one. <laughs> I mean, I've already referenced it, but I'm going to have to go with They Live. Yeah, that's a classic. They Live? Oh, yes. See, that's not fair. That one kind of trumps all. Right, right. And we already talked about Predators, but that's that's pretty great. Or Predator. The Bourbon Commando was pretty good. Come on. <laughs> you know what? Spider- <laughs> the original Spider-Man with uh, oh, yeah. Bonesaw. Macho Man Randy Savage. Good call on that, yeah. That's right. God, he was in that. And he's a wrestler playing a wrestler at that. Yes. Bones. That's why it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And, you know, I asked the question, and now I'm having a hard time figuring out which one mine is. Because I was going to say Predators. I love Jesse in that one. I'm having a hard time. Let's see. No. Do you know oh. what it would be? <laughs> I got another Halloween. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. The remake from Rob Zombie. Because Tyler Maine used to be a wrestler in WCW. Yeah. What about Waterboy with the big show? Oh, and, God, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, Dr. Bizarro. I forget what his name was, but. Captain, Captain Bizarro. Cap, or something Captain like Insano. Captain Insano, yep, absolutely. Got about that one, too. See, the wrestlers get into everything. Even, uh, I think there's an old wrestler in the one of the Sherlock Holmes movies with Barbara Dunning Jr., uh, Kurgan. I don't know what his real name is, but he was a henchman, I think, in the second one. It could have been the first one, though. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, there was a film. What's his name? El Gigante. Again, yeah. I don't know his real name either, but he was in a film I just watched recently. Son of a gun. Oh, Andre the Giant was in Conan the Destroyer. Man, I do not remember him being in that. And oh. Princess Bride. I was oh, just Princess Bride. There you go. Holy crap, yeah. Get that one. Um, Thunder Lips and Rocky, was it three? Or, yeah, Rocky. No, Rocky 2. Uh, Hulk nope. Hogan. That was, I'm pretty sure that was three. It was okay. Yep. Because one is Rocky fighting but not winning, and then two is when he get takes the belt from Apollo. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Three, because then he goes to face uh Oh my gosh. I'm drawing a blank. In I four? liked Creed though. I liked Creed. That was a good movie. <laughs> I yeah, can't remember. Awesome. I'm having trouble separating what happens in each head right now for some reason. The way I remember it is one is the fight, two is the belt, three is Clubber Lang, four is uh, Dolph Lundgren. Thank you, Clubber Lang. That's why I forgot. Yep. Yep. Uh, five is bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> and then six is trying to pull the, the franchise back out. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
success too. I loved Creed. Yeah, I see Creed. I'm still on the fence. I haven't watched it yet because I'm scared. I liked how things went, and I'm scared that it's gonna ruin it. Michael B. Jordan, I think his name right, the actor. Yeah. Yep. Phenomenal job. Like, I, I went and saw it uh, on my own. I go to, I do that a lot. When you have a, I'm a single dad with a four year old, so I go to movies a lot alone. And uh, I got, I got sucked in. I, by the end of that that movie, when the final fight's happening, I thought I was there live. I was wanting to cheer and get pumped up. So I, that's all. I, as long as I can suspend my disbelief and get sucked into the movie for two hours, that's all I look for. And, and it succeeded on that. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about Creed. I liked it. It's, see, that's what I've, I've only heard a couple negative, but that's also taking it from you look at the source of the, the complaint, and they <laughs> yeah. weren't exactly Rocky fans to begin with. Yeah, wasn't for them. And I guess as long as I'm aware of what the movie's like, I can like anything. Because like, one of my favorite vampire movies of all time is Near Dark. Yeah. And that has, I, in my opinion, the stupidest ending on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love that movie just for everything in the middle or up till that point. I, I 100% agree. It, the, the ending is not great, but man, that movie's fantastic. Bill Paxton is amazing. Mm-hmm. He gets hit by a truck and gets up. <laughs> <laughs> Finger licking good. Yes. Yes. Not enough people talk about that movie, man. I'm a huge fan of that. I I, uh, I might have to get off the podcast. I got to go watch Near Dark. <laughs> yep, yep. We're, yeah, we're leaving. Jesse, Dustin, you <laughs> yep, show's <Yeah>. over. <laughs> so, worst worst wrestler movies. <laughs> oh, ready to rumble, everybody. That's oh, <laughs> the entire cast. Of, oh, no. The entire cast of WCW and ready to rumble. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Oh, WrestleManiac. <laughs> uh, I stayed away from that. I never saw that. Good man. <laughs> I watched it. It's interesting, <laughs> but it's, it's funny because it's Ray Mysterio in it mm. and all the dialogue, well, all the grunting, I guess is dubbed. It's somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when your voice is like this, it's probably pretty hard. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like having Mike Tyson as a bad guy. Yeah. What's going on guys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it counts, but uh, Dennis Rodman in double team. Oh, <laughs> I get he wrestled. He, he wrestled once, so twice. Actually, twice. You can even twice. go. Uh, what is it? The Scream franchise. Oh yeah, yeah. Because David Arquette was oh world God, champion. That's at right. One point. Uh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> I had to bring that up. <laughs> that's when we knew it was about over. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that. If that's true, I'm going to throw Ravenous on my list of favorite movies with re- wrestlers. You didn't know David Arquette was WCW world champion? Nope. Uh, oh, my, yes. In the three-tiered cage match. Cage, with, uh, yeah. with weapons hanging off the ceiling. And, it was, uh, yeah. Dear Lord. That's the entire main <laughs> event of Ready to Rumble. I, mean, I was going to say, we, that's another thing we can blame that movie for. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Uh, to this day, WWE still throws David Arquette under the bus every opportunity they get. But hey, he's married to Courtney Cox, so... Yeah, he's got that going me. for him. <laughs> she still looks pretty good. Here's one. I got, I got one for you guys. What's your guilty pleasure movie? A movie that you would maybe not admit that you enjoyed around your friends, but secretly 
you watch it from start to finish anytime it's on. <laughs> well, I have one I admitted on the show once, and I'll never admit it again. Uh, <laughs> it's Love Actually. Okay, okay. Have you yeah. seen that one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. That's my Christmas movie. I'm having a hard time remembering what it's about, but I know I've seen it. It's like five or six different stories about love that take place at the same time. Alan Rickman's in it. Andrew uh, Lincoln. Oh, okay. Kira Knightley. Uh, Mr. Bean. Like, there's a ton of people. Liam Neeson's in it. But, okay. yeah. It's... I'm a sucker for the Jimmy Fallon movie Fever Pitch with Drew Barrymore. I wouldn't admit that in many circles, but every time it's on, I love watching it. I don't know why. I just I I love the idea of a guy who's obsessive compulsive about baseball and having to get over that in order to get the girl. It's just to me, it makes make it touches at home because I think with wrestling or anything, I'm a little obsessive compulsive about it. And so it has gotten in the way of of a relationship in the past for me because I've I've got to watch Raw, I've got to watch SmackDown and pay per views and it takes up a lot of time. So I can I can feel his I can feel his pain when I watch that movie. They're all over the place now. There's a pay-per-view almost every week. Oh, God, it's too much. And with, with the draft coming up uh, on Tuesday, they're going to add an extra pay-per-view each month now. It's just... Oh. Uh, but see, I got to admit, Vince is finally getting smart, and this is what he should have done when they purchased WCW way back in the day, mm-hmm. is yeah. keep it as two separate franchises and compete them. Mm-hmm. They teased that, too. I was kind of excited about that angle, and then they didn't go anywhere with it. I, then they, Yeah, they did this whole big mashup. Mm-hmm. Because it's beautiful. You have two separate companies, and then for the odd pay-per-view, you can see them compete against each other where you can't see it anywhere else. And then they brought in ECW for a little while. Well, they did try to use ECW as a brand extension for a while, didn't they? And then they threw a guy dressed as a zombie on the first show and had him fight the Sandman, and it was over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the closest they've had recently is NXT. Oh, NXT is phenomenal. I, if if tomorrow I I could never watch Raw SmackDown again, but I could always watch NXT. I could live with that. I've heard it's the better of the programming. Mm-hmm. It's very broken down. It's not as overproduced. They don't do 150 camera angle changes every minute, and 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 the wrestlers are actually allowed to tell stories in the ring as opposed to uh, the vice versa, where there's just a lot of of nonsense on the main shows. The announcers don't call the action and the re- the guys in NXT call the moves. It's treated with a lot more legitimacy. And like right now they have a cruiserweight classic going on, on the network, uh, which is being hosted by Daniel Bryan and Mauro Ronaldo. Um, and it's sports presentation. They do backstage like vignettes on all the guys. It's, it's how you do pro wrestling in this, in this era. And I'm hoping that with the draft raw and SmackDown catch up a little bit and, and they start getting it because right now the audience is dwindling every week. So, are they uh, are they creating a cruiserweight division again, or because that was a thing that I loved about WCW, the action that the cruiserweight division had. I don't know if it's going to go like a division on the main show yet, but I think that this the success of this tournament. It's only been one week; it goes for ten. So I guess when this is over. They want to sign the majority of the guys. They got 32 guys in it, and I know they already signed Kota Ibushi and a guy named Grand Metalik uh, from Mexico. So hopefully they'll get more of these cruiserweight type individuals in, and then they can move in that direction. I would prefer to see it maybe on one brand, so they don't try to to oversaturate it and and push it too hard too quick. But yeah, I, I think that's where it's going, but nothing's been confirmed at all yet. That is one division I miss because I used to like like the Billy Kidman, the Rey Mysterio, all that. 
Uh, think about some of the think about some of the guys who developed from the cruiserweight division, like Chris Jericho or Eddie Guerrero. I mean, these guys yeah. went on to be great main eventers. Um, and 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 WWE has always had that issue where they look at guys, and if you're not six foot, you know, four two fifty, they look over you. And uh, I think we're heading in a direction where they're they're realizing the fans don't care anymore what people look like. You got a guy like Kevin Owens in the company. Um, yeah. He's one of their main guys now, and he doesn't look anything like the stereotypical WWE wrestler. Right. Well, here's another question then, just to throw out wrestling likes is we had a discussion once about it, and it's the Chris Benoit issue. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Are you a person that still reflects on him or do you just avoid the name completely? Um, you know, if he's in a match and I'm watching a show, it doesn't bother me, but I don't ever feel that I don't ever sit down and think I want to watch a Chris Benoit match now. It, it's odd to talk about, but I think you guys will understand like that period of time really hurt <laughs> as a wrestling fan because you, you, you have all the emotions in general with losing a, a guy you were a fan of and then quickly finding out he was not the person you thought. And it, just the black eye that it put on the wrestling community. I mean, you had Nancy Grace on TV every night for two months trying to get professional wrestling taken off the TV and ratings plummeted and, and just the general enjoyment of professional wrestling died for a little bit there. I know people who quit watching. So where I can, I can watch a Chris Benoit match, I don't ever seek it out. Um, and it's not somebody I think about unless I'm doing a podcast talking about it. Okay. Because see, it, it always bothered me because of the fact that from what I understand, most of that end stuff with him was because of the damage he did to himself mm. during the wrestling matches. Right. And I, and, and the one, there is one shining light that comes out of that whole situation is I think he, his death and subsequent downfall, I think can be attributed a lot to the awareness of concussions in professional wrestling, the NFL, mixed martial arts, everything. I think that was kind of that moment where everybody woke up and realized that that concussion research might, might be worth looking into. And I mean, when they dissected his brain, it was in the condition of like an 84 year old dementia patients. Exactly. (laughs) You know, I wish Mike was here because Mike actually was a wrestler for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And we had a friend of ours that did that circuit with him. His name was Slater Jeffries. We called him superstar Slater Jeffries. And he was insane. And he had to stop doing it because the doctor told him two thirds of your brain is not attached to your skull anymore. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No, I mean that late nineties, uh, early two thousands with all the chair shots and just unprotected, you know, head shots in general was out of control. And you, you know, you watch the product now and it's, they don't, nobody takes a chair to the head anymore. They're very careful. If somebody gets knocked for a loop, they're on an automatic six week, medical suspension they got to do concussion testing impact testing everything like that daniel bryan one of the biggest stars in the company had to retire because of cte uh this past february um and wwe even when they bring people in from the outside now they do an extensive test and people like nigel mcginnis who was a huge independent star got signed by wwe and then didn't pass their medical clearance tests and he was let go so from the outside looking in because obviously i'm not a part of the company i don't know everything that goes on behind the scenes, but from the outside looking in, it seems like they've taken a lot of steps to improve the quality of life and improve the way they handle a concussion because of that situation. So, I mean, it is something that's felt every day, I think, in in all professional sports now because of Chris Benoit. That's, and I just find that sad though, because his entire career, like he had a beautiful career Mm -hmm. and because of what the work did to him, it's gone. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it is. And even on the net, even on the network, if you're watching a show that he's on and they have it 
uh, broken out in chapters, his matches don't have an option to go straight to them. Yeah. Like it's, it's that deep where WWE won't, uh, advertise or promote him at all, which they're a publicly traded company. Uh, it'd be a tough decision to make. And I, and I figure someday down the road, 20 years from now, they might, you know, but what's the point? I don't think, I think the, the majority of the audience isn't seeking it out anyway. Well, this is it. You got to get to a point where you can separate the incidents to the career. And right now it's, it's too, too linked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's just, I guess I remember I got to see him once. Oh, when was it? Quite a few years ago. Like it was before his big push in the fed. And he was talking to one of the reporters there and what basically he took her and had her stand in the middle of the room and he worked a two minute match with her. She didn't do a thing. She just stood there Mm -hmm. and he worked the entire match and it, and put her over. Like it made her look like she won (laughs) and people bought it. Yeah. That's how good he was. He was gifted. I mean, beyond, you know, he deserved everything he'd gotten up till that point. It's just a shame at what cost it ended up coming. Yeah. That's why I had to ask because that's, I know that's a touchy subject. Some people are a hundred percent one way, a hundred percent the other. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I, when it, when it happened, I sat there. I remember, I remember being up till four in the morning watching the news about it. I just, it was like, I sat there like a zombie, just completely blown away that I was living through it. it and, and, and I don't know if there's anything like professional wrestling where the fans get so attached to people. Like when Dusty Rhodes passed away, I came home and it, t- it made me tear up. Like I, I spent so much of my life watching Dusty. Even when Eddie passed away, I teared up. And the Benoit thing, I got so upset because when I found out he was dead and they do the Raw special where they celebrate him and everything's good and we're, we're going to remember Chris Benoit. And then like eight hours later, you find out now he killed himself and killed his family you're just like shit you know it it did some damage like i'm there was a point there where i almost quit watching professional wrestling during that uh, it, it got bad but it's you know it's we're heading into the 10-year anniversary actually next year of it and I've, I've grown and healed from it i suppose you could say and it's just if wwe hadn't changed anything about the way they reacted to these type of situations it probably wouldn't have i probably wouldn't still be a fan but i think they've handled it responsibly I think they I, they did a really good job with what they had because they did that. And like you said, that night was a tribute. And then the very next night, it was like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even like, I think it was 2 a.m. the next morning. Well, if you remember, if you watched that show, Chavo Guerrero was really cryptic. I think Chavo knew what really happened, but hadn't really wanted to speak up about it yet. William Regal was really weird. You go back and watch that show. I've seen it. You know, it's on a torrent site. I've, I've seen the show again. Um Chavo was getting texts from Benoit. Yeah, he got the text about the dogs are on the porch going through the pool. It's like, oh, whoa. (laughs) My friend sends me that. I I mean, you're thinking pretty heavily about what you think that means. And you could tell Chavo was really unsure about how to react and how to feel. And it's, you know, and being one of the boys, I can't even imagine what it was like dealing with continuing to be on the road and think about what your job was uh, there to entertain the fans after something like that. Well, I think that's one of the bad things with the Fed, too, is people always criticize them because when they're doing their shows and something tragic happens, you have to figure out if you're going to carry on with the show or you're going to stop it or how you keep going afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like Owen Hart, when he passed, like he was in the middle of a show. And I know people still today rip the Fed apart for continuing the the pay-per-view. You're in a tough spot, though, because how do you convince a crowd of 14,000 people that what they just saw was real? And I know that sounds more, it sounds horrifically morbid to say that, but I've been a part of crowds and I can guarantee you at least half that crowd would have lost their shit. I yep. do think they should have ended it. I think they should have had 
you know, somebody come out and say, this really happened. I apologize. Refunds at the door, something, but it's, you're in a, you're in an insanely tough spot. You're damned if you do damned, if you don't kind of a thing. And, and I don't fault them. They made a decision in the, in the heat of the moment that night. And, you know, it's something that I, I'll never be tasked with doing, trying to figure out how to appease a, 10 different masters at once. Oh no, I couldn't. That's why I'll never criticize them. Cause I know I couldn't make a decision like that. Yeah. No, it's insane. Yeah, that night I was actually um, supposed to be in Kansas City that night with some friends. I was in high school, and I did not end up going, and I'm forever thankful I was not witness to that. I know a girl and a couple other people who were there, and it's they killed the one girl's fandom. She never watched again. So, well, we'll bounce this topic wah, around 180. Wah, wah. Yes. <laughs> what is your who? Or sorry, who would be your favorite wrestler? Because I know with me, there's two. I love Jericho. And HBK. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard for me to pick one. I, it'd be more likely for me to be able to tell you that out of an era. Um, but gun to my head, all-time favorite wrestler is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, I've never ridden a roller coaster ride with a wrestler so much as I did in my in my teen years riding that um, Austin 316 wave. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. There are other people on the show, right? Are you still there, Randall? <laughs> oh, I'm still here. <laughs> Okay, just checking. <laughs> we kind of dominated the last little bit of the convo. Oh, that's all right. I don't. I don't mind at all. I, you know, I just don't have anything to contribute to it. So, but I have no problem sitting back and letting you guys uh, so riff about you it. You never watched wrestling as a kid? Yeah, as a kid, when uh, you know, eighties. Sometimes you know, during the eighties, I did, but um, I fell out of it by the time I was out of elementary school. I guess um, when I was in high school was. You know the Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin three sixteen, where it, like it seemed to me, it seemed like it just blew up then, and I just wasn't into it. You know, um, and right. I just then never... who's your guy from the eighties? Because like Jake the Snake, that that was my guy from the eighties. Oh, Hogan, Hogan, I, Hogan, Hulk Hogan. Um, he was he was the guy? <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, and like those. Suburban Commando, like those movies are terrible, but like I was the key demographic for it, and so I remember loving that. But uh, I, I did you I, ever watch the Thunder in Paradise? Show? That's what it was. I was just looking yeah. that up. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't recall that one. <laughs> he was also in a uh, Surf uh, Surf Ninjas or whatever. It was. Oh yes, he was. Uh, <laughs> or Three Ninjas Kick Back or something. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Knuckle up or whatever movie that was. I'm just pulling. I got to find out what stuff he was in. Robot Chicken. Uh, <laughs> he's got a voice in Saints Row the Third. <laughs> oh, yeah. he'll take a, he's taking any payday, brother. Any payday he can get right now. Well, he's in uh, Muppets from Space. Oh my and God. Uh, we're Gremlins. In Gremlins too. Yes, Gremlins too. He has yeah. an amazing. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> really? I forgot he was. Yeah, they have this commercial for this lawnmower on the computer, and he's the Terra Firminator. <laughs> oh no! Here we go. I forgot about that, Mister Nanny. That's incredible. Oh, Mister Nanny. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> Here, Assault on Devil's Island. I've never even heard of that one. <laughs> Santa with muscles. I've never heard of that one either. Santa with muscles? Santa yes. With muscles. 1996. Now the Hulkster would prefer you forgot about that one too. 
apparently there's a lot, a lot of things we defer we forget about. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble in Paradise. I don't remember that one. Oh my God! That's... Santa with Muscles got a two point four on IMDb. <laughs> it's still a better movie than Fantastic Four. <laughs> and oh, what's the other one? My friend Brett Kelly made a film, Attack of the Jurassic Shark. What? Oh. Yes. And for the longest time, it was the lowest rated movie on IMDb. <laughs> now it's tied with Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to watch the trailer. The trailer tells you what the whole movie is going to be like. Oh, and I forgot he was on the A team. He did that stint, two episodes on the oh, A team. Oh yeah, I enjoyed that because there was that one scene where he's throwing grenades. Like we yeah. can't throw this far enough, and so they give it to him, and he goes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And the rock and wrestling. Did you ever watch that cartoon? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. God yeah. <laughs> See, that's when wrestling was awesome. But see, that was guy like, kayfabe was in a huge swing then too. Yeah. As as soon as they broke kayfabe, they kind of changed the business completely. Well, I was going to say uh, one of my favorite wrestlers was Bret Hart, and uh, you can almost attribute the death of kayfabe to him. <laughs> Survivor Series? What? Yeah, the whole oh, yeah, the screw job. Yeah. Did you guys ever see the Wrestling with Shadows movie? Oh yeah, love that. Mm-hmm. What do you like that or Beyond the Mat better? Because in Beyond the Mat, you do get to watch Jake the Snake shoot up heroin, so that's sort of a huge Easter egg. I don't for me know if I've seen Beyond the Mat, um, so I could compare. But I really liked, uh, really liked uh, Wrestling with Shadows. Mm-hmm. There is one. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to try and find it. I'm looking, I'm looking through Hulk Hogan's filmography here, and uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast pops up, and oh, that was I'm a huge, great episode. Yeah, huge fan of that show, and I just got a rant here for a minute. Um, I'm like I said, a big collector of the pop vinyls. Yeah, Space Ghost came out, and on the back of the box, uh, Brack and Zorak were on it. I was just going to ask you because I just got Space Ghost in the mail this weekend, and I was thinking the same so thing. So I was pissed. like. <laughs> and they're San Diego exclusives or something. Yes, yes. What, what? the shit? Funko, if no one's listening, <laughs> Funko. <laughs> but uh, seriously, if you're going to do exclusives, do them as variants. Don't do them as the original molds that are going to complete frickin' collections because now right. I've got a Space Ghost, which is not going to have Brack and Zorak with him, and it pisses me off so bad. And Brack had his own show. Yeah. That's, I mean, like, he should be a general... You know, he should be for general release at least. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anything about Toy Tokyo, but apparently that company is like the absolute worst to have an exclusive to because uh, they 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 buy them themselves and then resell them at a higher cost. Apparently. They're the stub hub of the Funko world. Yeah. So well, so I can so we can swear. Yeah. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Funko. I never <laughs> because my show is completely PG. So yay! <laughs> oh, see, that's why I was checking at the beginning because ours is not. <laughs> yeah, I no. that found that movie. It's called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With uh, Diamond Dallas Page, the DDP yoga stuff. He he made Jake live with him for like two years and got Jake completely clean and healthy. Yes, and Scott yeah. Hall. He did the same thing with Scott Hall. That has a crap ton of people in it. Ted DiBiase, Adam Copeland, Steve Austin's in it. 
Yeah, it's just a documentary about the two years that DDP spent getting Jake the Snake back to a point where he could go in front of people and go, and he got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, I think that's kind of the, the the epic conclusion there is that Jake made it back to the company. It looks great. He was in Omaha just last weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was here in Des Moines at the funny. I didn't know it. I, I found out the day of or I would have gone. But yeah, he's doing like a one man show at the at comedy clubs right now. I think that's the interesting part is seeing the '80s wrestlers now mm-hmm. because we were just at a convention and Lex Luger was there. Oh, Lex yeah, yeah. looks rugged. Yeah, yeah. He, he hasn't aged too well. No, well, he's he, had a rough time. He was responsible. Well, uh, rumor has it he was responsible for Miss Elizabeth's death. He was uh, getting her the the nose candy, so to speak, and uh, led to her demise. And then he had like a stroke shortly thereafter, and just he's never been the same since. He's tiny. He's lost all his muscle mass and everything. Oh yeah, he's he looks frail. Mm-hmm. Who else was that at that show, too? Oh, Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You guys follow the Iron Sheik on Twitter? You guys ever take a look at his stuff? <laughs> no, but I mean, no, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's hilarious. Just basically talks a lot about breaking people's backs and making them humble and swears a ton. Like, it's every other <laughs> word, every other word is, is fuck on his tweets. So it's fantastic. I am doing that right now. I, I follow Norman Reedus, and he does the same thing. <laughs> Except me, he doesn't artsy. Let me hear. Let's see. Here's a an example of um, Iron Sheik. Uh, fuck the terror. Hashtag pray for nice. Pray for nice. <laughs> uh, uh, Pokemon Go. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh no, no. He's not a Pokemon goer. That surprises me. Weird. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is. I don't know if you saw that. He tweeted. Vince McFrickin' Man tweeted about a gas lead being in the gym at the WWE headquarters the other day. <laughs> Always be marketing. <laughs> okay, I see what you mean about the Iron Sheik. Charles yeah. Mashido, I kill you, asshole. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's no guessing what he means there. <laughs> he live he live tweets the Bachelor and the Bachelorette for some reason every week. <laughs> Honestly, yes. Oh, uh, it gets dirty. It gets super triple X. Like he gets really, really vile. And it's I don't know if it's him or if he's got somebody that tweets for him. But just say it in the Iron Sheik voice when you read them out loud to yourself, and you'll have a good night. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm God, you jabroni, son of a bitch. No Ric Flair. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm so following him. There we go. <laughs> There's a documentary on Netflix about him as well, uh, about the Iron Sheik and how he resurrected his career with his Twitter and everything. So you guys, that, that would be worth checking out if you guys are fans from the 80s. Oh, nice. I just think it's called Sheik, if I recall. On, on Netflix? Yeah, let me double check here. But I, yeah, I think it's just called Chic, and it's, it should still be there. It doesn't seem like one that would get taken down. Our very first crossover episode, and I've got a huge to-do list for afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun how that works out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'll give you one more, too. This is on, on the darker tone again. Uh, do you remember Brock Turner? Oh, yeah. The Are you talking about the, the kid from UCLA? Yes, charged yeah. with rape and... Remember his father's letter to the oh, judge? God. Yes. The, the infamous quote, it's a harsh penalty for 20 minutes of action. Mm-hmm. Oh, My yeah, buddy, yeah. Um, 
Gavin Michael Booth. He used to live in Windsor. He now lives in L.A. making films down there. He made a 20-minute film called Just 20 as a response to that. Oh. And he, he goes, okay, I'll show you exactly what can happen in 20 minutes. And it's, an, it's amazing. It's a one-shot film. Like it, There's no, no breaks. I have to link it to you guys so you can see it. Yeah. No, that, that kid's a little yeah. asshole. <laughs> oh, I couldn't believe his father said that. Yeah. Uh, well, and I mean, when you don't even have to look any further than that to see where this kid got his views on, on the life and, and what he could do and couldn't do. I mean, his father's obviously a big piece of shit, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the judge having a leniency on him because they both go to the same school. Mm-hmm. That was kind of harsh. Or like, well, not expected, I guess. And doesn't that dad, I mean, he has a sister, right? So, like, the dad has a daughter. That's what was blew my mind too, is how a father of a, of a girl could even react that way to that situation. I'm finding it for you right now. Hopefully. So what movie, while he's looking that up, what movies uh, are you guys looking forward to suicide squad? Oh, huge. Yeah. <laughs> have you, have you been a fan of the Joker? Jared Leto? I have, especially if the rumors are true. Mm-hmm of the kind of joker he's going to be. I wasn't sold at first when I saw that first picture. I didn't have the context to understand why he had tattoos on his face, why he had a grill, but every bit of marketing that's come out for this movie since has portrayed him in such a perfect light. I am ready to potentially have a new favorite joker. Uh, and, I, and, and he looks diabolical in some of the stills I've seen this week that they've been putting out. So I'm, I'm ready for him to just blow me away. Uh, he's got heavy. He's got some heavy hitters to live up to, but oh it, yeah, it looks good. But have you heard the rumors of who he's supposed to be? No, Jason Todd. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I did hear that. Wow. Oh. <laughs> if you and there's some clues in there too, because if you look at the tattoos on on Leto, one of them is a bird. Sure. All right. Oh man. And if you look at the Robin costume in uh, Batman versus Superman, there are two bullet holes in the shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at Jared Leto's where he's got his hands up on his head, he's got two scars on the shoulders. <laughs> that is such an unusual take to like, that's such an unusual way to approach it. I don't think. Well, they're saying that when the Joker supposedly killed Jason Todd, that's not what happened is Jason Todd actually killed the Joker, but then kind of snapped. Huh. And ended up taking, taking over being who he was. Almost like a Batman Beyond Return of the Joker thing. Kind of, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to see if they do it that way. That's interesting. That, I mean, that completely flips that movie on its head for me a little good way. I'm not even, it doesn't bother me. I'm okay with them taking crazy liberties like that. I think it's a great idea because yeah. the other Joker's been done to death. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely oh, so personal. a unique take on it. It would be such a personal vendetta that the Joker would have against Batman. Yeah. Oh. The only thing that bothers me about that would be they just did something similar to that in the Arkham game. I don't know if I want to spoil that for anybody. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. But And I'm, I'm wondering if one's playing off the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, until I see it, I'll hold judgment. But, I mean, it sounds cool. I, I dig that a lot. I love the, the way a lot of the other characters look. I absolutely love the look of Enchantress 
and Katana looks badass. Yeah. Um, Diablo is a character I'm not even that familiar with, but he's really, I'm really excited to see him. And, um, isn't it Jai Courtney that's playing Captain Boomerang? Yep. He, I'm not a big fan of his, but he looks, I'm excited the way they portrayed him in the trailers. He looks awesome too. So I'm actually anxious to see Will Smith too as Deadshot. Sure. Yeah. From what I've seen, it's not that bad. No, no. And I think if he plays it, you know, he's got that cocky, I'm Will Smith kind of thing going. I think it can work yeah. for him. And Killer Croc, I think that he looks good. I mean, for being able to do Killer Croc realistically, I think they nailed it with the way he looks. They um, went for the practical instead of doing like they did the thing in Fantastic Four. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right. And then what can be said about Margot Robbie, she's going to kill it. I mean, there's nothing really to judge it on. Uh, there's been no Harley Quinn, so it's kind of her palette to play with a little bit. Right. They've already greenlit a movie for her. Yeah, that's what I heard. Just on her own. <laughs> oh wow. really? Huh. Yep. There's a standalone Harley Quinn movie been greenlit. I did not yeah, I had not heard that. Interesting. I'm cautious. I'm I'm, I'm optimistic for Suicide Squad, but I'm cautious. Mhm. I didn't, I didn't have high hopes. I didn't have high hopes at first, uh but I feel like the marketing has really turned that around. Um because, yeah, I think the initial reaction to the Jared Leto uh, stills, I was like, oh, what is this? Mm-hmm. And I think the first couple of trailers were kind of like, oh, boy, it's dude bros in a movie. Um, <laughs> and then, but, no, you know, it's gotten better and better. And so I'm hoping, and they did reshoots, and I know that can be good or bad, but I think uh, it's it's got potential. I love the use of the queen, the music, uh, the, yeah. the, queen, the queen song and the ballroom blitz in the trailers, just even little things like the bullet, uh, the, the shells hitting the ground to the beat of the song. Uh, yeah. I've enjoyed those. I think they took a lot of, of, uh, a lot from guardians of the galaxy in that regards is how they put their trailer together. And I'm curious yeah. if that musical vibe will carry out throughout the movie as well. That Whoever was the discussion got- we had on our podcast was the fact that, uh, Jason loves the commercials and Mike and I convinced him it's not the commercials. He loves the music videos because that's what they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. They are wicked. I absolutely love them. What's your guys' favorite movie of the year so far? Ooh. Mm. I have to go with Deadpool for pure enjoyment. I've seen it the most. I, I, Civil War may top that later on after yeah. I get more repeat viewings of it. But right now I think I've watched Deadpool like 16 times this year. I'm pretty close to you. Yeah, I I have to go Deadpool. Yeah, I'm trying. John watches. It would be Deadpool. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what all I've came out this year that I've seen. I might be with you guys on Deadpool, because I've watched that a couple times now. If Star Wars came out in 2016, I'd pick that. But oh yeah, yeah, going just on this year alone. How often do you guys go to the movies? Like uh, you know, like once once a week or. Kind of- Normally I try, but mm-hmm. lately it's been like once a month. <laughs> yeah, have you guys ever heard of a month? Have you guys ever heard of Movie Pass? Hmm. Movie Pass. It's a, uh, it's a service I use. I pay thirty bucks a month, and I can see every like unlimited movies. You can't go to the same movie twice, but you can see everything um, that comes out once. Wow, that's and wicked. I, I got it because, like I said, my situation's a little different. I don't know um, what your guys' home lives are like, but I, I live alone, mo- you know, five out of seven days a week. So going to a movie at night is just as same as me sitting in front of the TV. So especially this summer, it's worked out great. I see like six to seven movies a month right now. 
Dude, that's perfect. That's what I need to do more of. <laughs> Considering, you know, I'm on a movie podcast. <laughs> well, and in the summer months, it would pay for itself pretty quickly because oh, yeah. there's a new blockbuster almost every week. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. I, I, you know, not to throw a plug into the show, Movie Pass doesn't pay me anything, but I've been <laughs> preaching it to people I know that love movies because if you're even if you're going to three or four movies a month, it's worth it because you're prepaying. You're going to get the same. You're not going to pay over 10 bucks then per movie. And uh, I don't know what Matt or what the uh, the cost of movies for you guys is, but it's about ten fifty for me here if I'm going to go on a on an evening. Yeah, yeah. ours is nine ninety nine Canadian, so that's like a buck American, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have a thing, and that's what I, I was curious about because they just emailed me Cineplex, one of the major companies up here. Mm-hmm. You can get scene points and things like that, and for a thousand scene points, you see a free movie. And whenever you buy a ticket, you get a hundred scene points. So it nice. builds up like that. They have a package right now where I can buy eight tickets and get 1600 scene points. And then for buying it, I get another 1600. Oh. So it's like buying eight movie tickets, but getting three free. So you can just buy them and then cash them in on whatever movie you have to buy specific movies now. Exactly. Nice. But I like your idea better. <laughs> I would probably make more use of it because I would make myself go. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an app on your phone. Like they send you a movie pass visa. Uh, so it's like a debit card. So I get to the theater. I check into the movie and the movie time I want to go to. And it tells my card to pay whatever the cost of the movie is. So I, you know, if I go on a Sunday afternoon or I go on a Saturday night, change price or anything like that so plus then it keeps a little history i have all the movie posters i've seen i think i'm i got it in november of last year and i think i'm in the like up to 33 movies scene since i got it oh nice state movie and you said it's an app for your phone yep you have to uh, subscribe online and it takes about a week or two to get the card and get everything activated but yeah it's called movie pass it's probably not available in canada we're like that (laughs) (laughs) You mean it'll be fun? Yeah, we can. Have it. America. <laughs> Speaking of things that uh, we don't get sponsorships for, uh, like Randy and I will talk about this once in a while. Um, like, what are the things that we like? Each podcast is different. It's like, what are the things that we we really wish we could get a sponsorship for for our show because we promote the heck out of it? Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Like I, like I do the big finish audio reviews every month and I'm like, you know, I don't even care if uh, I would get it for free, but I would love to get an advanced review copy just so I can get my reviews done on time. Sure. Basically, what are we promoting for free? Like every episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's the local promotions. Um, It's like pulling. uh, I shouldn't probably say too much, but I mean, (laughs) they don't don't let me in for free yet. I'm like, I spend a good chunk of time talking about your shows and telling people when they are and where to go. So we're still working on that. I think I'm gaining the trust of the promotions that my interests are are not for myself alone. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's one thing I mean, I'm working on. And and even then, like ProWrestlingTees.com is a site. I'm personally, my goal is to get 5,000 Twitter followers for the account, and then I can sell my shirts on there at no cost to me. They make them, and they take a cut, and I get the other half or whatever it is. 
Uh, nice. So that's a goal I have, not necessarily something I promote a lot. And then I promote the hell out of advertisecast.com. Um, which is a site that we're uh, signed up for to try to help us find sponsors. And you know, 23 episodes in, we still haven't got one yet, but no worries. No, no, no big deal. It's, it's a building uh, curve. You're getting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And they promote the hell out of my, of my stuff too. They tweet daily about the podcast and how to, how to sponsor us. So it's a good give and take. I make sure I always shout them out and they keep tweeting about me. So. I see. I think uh, we're starting to get there now, too, because we deal with independent films up here so much. We're starting to get the, the screeners. And last November, we did a uh, an interview session for Blood in the Snow. Mm. And that's a film festival in Toronto. It's, it's strictly Canadian films. Mm. And we got all the screeners for every film that was going to be there so we could, you know, review them. Mm-hmm. And then just this weekend, we just dropped three episodes of the, the spotlight for the two actors and the director from Bed of the Dead, mm-hmm. which premiered yesterday at Fantasia in Montreal. So we're starting to get that. Let's wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Now, if I can get a sponsorship from Diet Dr. Pepper, I'm awesome because that's the <laughs> other thing I can pull. <laughs> Before I forget, being in Canada, are you a fan of the Trailer Park Boys? I okay. I got to be honest. I have not watched a single episode. Okay. What about now, you guys? Have you ever seen Trailer Park Boys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy I, Trailer I, Park Boys, and I listen to a lot of podcasts out of Canada. And once in a while, for whatever reason, this comes up to them too. And a lot of Canadians aren't. It, it's like back in high school when Ramstein was a big thing. And, <laughs> and, and, and if I had any uh, foreign exchange student friends from Europe or Germany anywhere, I'd be like, hey, Ramstein, you know Ramstein? And they're like, uh, no, these guys are weird. Nobody really likes them. That's <laughs> uh, Jason and Mike both love Trailer Park Boys. Oh, really? And Mike loves Ramstein. So <laughs> there we go. All right. Go. Yep. We've got all of them covered up here. I just I've <laughs> never I've never been able to sit down and actually watch it. It's one of those things where when I'm going through Netflix, it's like, okay, Trailer Park Boys. Oh, look, there's something else. I'll watch that first. <laughs> well, I'll put yeah. it this way. Trailer Park Boys is now my second favorite Canadian export. So, Really? Yep. I'll give I have you, to I'll watch it. the number one spot now. There you go. <laughs> have to watch it. Now you force me. I'll do it. Bubbles is the best. Oh, gosh. I saw them live. They did a stage show here in Des Moines um, probably three or four years ago where it was just uh, Ricky... Uh, bubbles and uh, uh, terrible memory today, Julie, Julian. And there's the two hours of them just shooting the shit on stage and walking up and talking to fans. It was one of the best things I've ever paid money for. Is that, that would what, be awesome? Yeah, is that what it in is? Char- in character, too. In character, too. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I think uh, coming up in September or October at Woolies, uh, Leahy and Randy are going to be there for the evening, which I'll be there as well for that. <laughs> oh man. Fucking alcohol and cheeseburger party. Well, that's what I'm doing. Oh, I'm there. Show. Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> My two well, favorite words. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did find that link for that short film, just 20 and it's on the electronic media collective group. Sweet. You guys can watch it. Tell me what you think. All right. Awesome. Everybody goes to the group and stops talking. (laughs) I didn't meet right now. (laughs) We're now going to have 20 minutes of silence while everybody watches. 
<laughs> actually, he actually um, did another film called uh, Fifteen. I don't know if you guys got to watch it. It was on Periscope. Is his next movie going to be called Ten? It should be. <laughs> He's just counting down by fives. Oh crap! I never even thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, this one was done last October, and it was on Periscope, like live. They did a live horror short. Oh, cool. that's awesome! Cool. And it shut down Periscope. They they shut down the feed because people called the police and they thought it was real. Really? Oh no! Wow. But yet it was done through Blumhouse. Blumhouse was the sponsor, and then Blumhouse kept advertising. Make sure you pay attention and watch. And but everybody thought it was real. Well, that should be the, that should include people in, obviously. No, well, he did an Orson Welles in this day and age, which is amazing. That yeah, is, really, yeah, yeah. That's I didn't think that was awesome. possible, but he did it. <laughs> Fantastic. Man, that's that's smart. Oh, yeah. As soon as he told us the idea, because we did an interview with him on the show. And then after the interview, we, we stopped the recording and we were just chatting and he told us about this idea. And that was the hardest part we had was sitting on not talking about it until he actually did it. <laughs> because it's such a great idea because it's live and people just tune in and watch. Um. So these Facebook live streams are limited to 90 minutes. We have about eight, eight and a half minutes left. Okay. Just so you guys know. All right. Uh, what time is it? Oh, crap. Actually, guys, I have to bow out. I apologize. No, that's oh, okay. That's all right. It's, you know, work and crap. <laughs> <laughs> My life would be so much. If we, uh, you lost track of time, I think we did our jobs well then. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just sucked right into this. I didn't even look at the clock. All right. Well, before you go, Rob, real quick, um, other than electronicmediacollective.com, where can people listen to your show? Um, we are also on the Stitcher app on your smartphone. We are on iTunes, and then we have our website. Now, we haven't linked our domain name to it yet, so it's something weird like wix.com slash moviemadhouse until we can change things around. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have that, and then we are also on another network, but I won't mention the other network. <laughs> <laughs> That's another place. That's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then and then right here on the electronic media collection collective, <laughs> collective the collective. There we the go. Collective of collection collectors. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there's a Funko Pop for that. There should be. <laughs> that's, know, I, if there's people out there listening that love us, that's that would be the one fan gift I would love if somebody would make a custom pop of me. That would be the best gift I could ever be given. Oh, do you know what is cool? We in October we wrapped a horror movie that we filmed. And we also have a charity convention that we do up here every year. And there's a gentleman there that makes, you know, the one six scale action figures like the old Mego. Yeah. Oh yeah. He customizes them. So okay. he took and he made one of our killer, Bruno. Oh nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, it was it was amazing when I saw it in, in real life. I'm going to get him to do one of me. See, if somebody made an action figure of me, they'd have to give it several different, like, stomachs so it could go with my weight as it slowly creeped up and then crept back down. <laughs> Yo-yo dieting. Yes, exactly. Hey, I'm, I know about that. <laughs> Yo-yo dieting. I've done that. Uh, I'll be, I'm like 230 now, but in like a month if I want. So I just let it go. And then I get back down there and I'm like, okay, cool. Bring on the Big Mac. <laughs> yep. Now I have a goal. I have to get back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have some room now. We were talking about collector or sorry, collection collectors. Mm-hmm. 
I want to make sure I'm in the group. I'm going to post you a picture I just took of some of my collective stuff. Because I'm like you. I have about 15 things that I collect. Oh, yeah. So it should be up in a second. That's the one shelf of my desk. Okay. When it pops up. I have Spawn. Is it up? Yeah, it's up. There we go. My Falcon, my Spawn, my Django Fett, and then my comics. <laughs> and my and my Sons oh, of Anarchy. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, that's just one little section. You got to see the rest. Sure, sure. Yeah, the collection collector. The co- collection collector. <laughs> there it is. A little bit of everything. Nice. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. And we definitely have to do this again. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Super fun. I'd like to make it a reoccurring thing. So awesome. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. You guys have fun finishing it off and I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Nice to meet you, Rob. Take care. You too, guys. Take it easy, sir. Always. All right. Um, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. This has been, this has been a real good time. I guess we have what? Five minutes left. Yeah, about five minutes, four and a half well, minutes, something like that. We might, we might as well just uh, do the closeout round robin and let everybody know what's coming up with our stuff next, and that probably take up the rest of the time. That is a perfect idea. You, you want to take the lead on that? Sure. Uh, later tonight, I'll be recording um, the next episode of the Pro Wrestling Iowa podcast that will go up tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow is the last uh, Monday show, and as I mentioned, we'll be moving it to Thursdays this week uh, with a – WWE draft centric episode. We're going to break down everything uh, that occurs Tuesday night on SmackDown. And then I will also be back Wednesday evening with episode two of the Cruiserweight Classic post show with Darnell. And you can find us on Twitter at Pro Wrestling IA. You can find me on Twitter at Smohawk. And you can find our shows at Pro Wrestling Iowa.net. Um, obviously on the EMC Podcast Network. And we're also on iTunes. So check us out. Nice. Yeah. Busy, busy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agreed to do the wrestling uh, the show without thinking about the fact I was moving the show to Thursdays the exact same week. So <laughs> <laughs> scheduling snafu on my part for the next nine weeks. Yeah. All right. And uh, Jesse, how about you? Um, well, like Grolix, we're kind of in in the middle of stuff right now, right? Um, uh, in the middle, yeah. So uh, turning cartwheels uh podcast i am um working on the outline right now for the next episode which i hope to record tomorrow but it all depends on on where this outline at by the end of the night uh so episode 12 of that will be coming up and uh you can find that at cartwheelspodcast.com and uh yeah that's that's what i've got for the foreseeable future all right and, uh, yeah, I'll reiterate Grolix Podcast, GrolixPodcast.com. Our next, uh, as we call it, Grolix Prime, our next regular episode will be out the first Monday of next month and every month. Um, Quick turnaround this month. Oh, it's, it's, it's going to be <laughs> it's rough. one of those. <laughs> Just a forewarning. It's going to be a rough episode because I'm not going to have no edit. no edit time. So, uh, you know, ums, ahs, uh, hopefully none of Melanie's... Uh, colorful Alex's. yeah yeah uh, <laughs> um so yeah that'll be a pretty close to live grolix episode um and 
other than that, uh, you know, electronicmediacollective.com. I try to be sure to keep that updated with everybody's new episodes as soon as I get notified that they've dropped them. And, uh, man, we... With with as many shows as we have now, we've got it's almost a new episode every day. Um, certain days, like Mondays, I'll get like five episodes. Be like, oh, <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, I um, was feeling pretty good. I was listening to every everybody's shows as they were coming out. Not anymore. I'm like way behind. <laughs> it's hard to keep. Like up I'm on like, it. okay, what's the latest show? I'll listen to the latest show now. <laughs> Um, so that's it. So I guess we're going to sign off because I don't know what happens when we run out of, uh, our live stream time. So I'm going to go ahead and end this live stream. Thanks everybody for listening. And of course, thanks to everybody from the uh, network for, for talking to us and, uh, till next time. See you later. Super friends. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.